Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. On this, but I'm not one of those people who think that the Christian life is all about uh, seriousness and uh, making sure that there's no fun and that if you're going to have a hobby, that it should be you listening to hymns on your eight track. Okay, like that's not what I'm trying to say. Okay, at all. In fact, I would dare say the exact opposite. There's, there's nothing in Scripture that necessarily tells us that we should not have recreation, that we should not enjoy hobbies, that we should not enjoy the life that God has given us down here. In fact, I think you would probably find more verses that point us to the fact that God desires that we enjoy the life that we have down here. The problem has become with Christians today is not that we have created recreation that is maybe even ungodly, It's how we use recreation in our lives. I want you to think for just a moment. When was the last time you intentionally did something that you enjoyed and got a benefit out of it? Okay, I want to to ask that question one more time because it was intentionally worded, okay? When was the last time you did something that you enjoyed, you intentionally planned it, and you got a benefit out of it? The reason why I ask that question that way is this is that for many of us, we have created a recreation or we have made our recreation something that lives in our pockets. We have made recreation really something that almost in some ways is numbing to the mind. I don't like what my mind is focused on. I don't like what my mind is thinking about. I don't like how I feel about this situation. I'm worried, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm whatever. And so what do we do? We make recreation that really is almost meaningless. There's a reason why Netflix gives you the little thing that says, are you still watching? And you have to subconsciously say, Yes, like, oh man, that makes me feel so guilty. Like, I'm already on episode nine. And it's even it's even saying, like, like it's the Holy Spirit, like, are you sure you're still laying on your tail and watching this? Like, are you sure that's what you want to do with your life? And when you click yes, it's like, oh, that was discouraging, okay? There's a reason why we have a brain and a mind that is so filled, so cluttered with the things of this life, that when it comes time to actually having something that replenishes and recreates, as we'll get to in just a second, we're not even good at it. And the thing that I want you to see tonight is this. That scripture does not take the joy or the fun or the life out of Christianity. In fact, scripture reinforces that. And my goal tonight is simply this, is to encourage you and to maybe try to channel you towards something that I don't know that the rest of the world is necessarily going to talk to you about. Something that I don't think that you're going to sit down in a college classroom and hear someone say. Something that I don't think your friends are going to talk to you about. But it is something that I believe is truly important if you are going to have victory in your mind and enjoy the mind, the the Christian mind, the way that God has promised you to enjoy it. So the first thing that I want you to do, whoa, that's intense. First thing that I want us to ask ourselves when we think about recreation, first let's read the main idea. Okay, here's the main idea in your notes. The Christian mind should not be numbed by the same recreation as the world. The Christian mind should not be numbed 
by the same recreation as the world. Most of what we call fun or recreation or a hobby, if we really drill down on it, is normally just a distraction. It's normally something that is convenient. It's normally something that takes very little thought. It's normally something that takes very little effort. And in return, it doesn't really give us much benefit. And so when we follow the world's pattern of saying, I have this problem, so therefore I'm going to numb myself with maybe watching TV for six and a half hours. I'm going to numb myself with maybe just randomly scrolling through social media. I'm going to find someone and I'm going to go down to their post from 2007 and find out what they actually looked like in 2007. Those are not really beneficial things in your life. How many of you would agree with that, right? Okay. So if the Christian mind should not be numbed by the same recreation as the world, let's give ourselves a couple of questions to ask as we look through the Christian's recreation. First of all, let's ask ourselves this, and this should be very obvious. Is it sinful? Is it sinful? We understand that as Christians, we should not be partaking in recreation that is sinful. So you say, I don't really know how to gauge my recreation. I don't know how to gauge what it's doing to my mind. I can promise you this, that if you are partaking in sinful recreation, it is pickling your mind some way, somehow. If you are partaking in a TV show that is sinful, that maybe is not glorifying to God. If you are partaking in maybe a lifestyle or something along those lines that is not pleasing to God, I can promise you that it is not going to mutually benefit your brain the way that God intended recreation to, to work. Okay. So my question is, is it sinful? Now, let me give you a quick little caveat to this before we move on to maybe a little bit more applicable of a question. Okay. Sometimes what we are guilty of doing as Christians is this. Well, there's nothing in the scripture that says anything about it, okay? There's a lot of things that scripture don't say anything about that are in today's society, okay? There's a lot of things that God doesn't explicitly say, you should not watch this season of this series on Netflix at this time of day because this and this might happen, okay? There's a lot of gray area according to scripture. So let me give you maybe a follow-up question to this is it sinful question, all right? Not just is it sinful, and here's what I want you to think about. I want you to ask yourself the question, is it hurtful? Is it hurtful? And you say, well, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I can watch it. It doesn't bother me. Okay, that's fine. Maybe it doesn't bother you. But that's where we refer back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, where Paul says, and he gives us this popular verse that we all love to quote, and we quote it, I've even joked about it, like you quote it as a sports team, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, like, and you like put your hands in the middle and you say, glory of God on three, glory of God on three, okay, like that's, that's kind of like what we've taken that verse to, to mean, okay? Then you get to verse number 32, and he says that you shouldn't offend anyone that is a Jew, or that is a Gentile, or that is of the church of God. So we like to say, like, well, I'm just going to play sports to the glory of God. Well, you also can take that same principle that you've now applied to the sports world, or maybe you put it on your desk at your first job, like, I'm going to do this job to the glory of God. And then coworker walks in and ticks you off, like, I'm taking the verse down, all right? Like, that's, that's life, all right? But you can take that same principle... And then you move to verse number 32, and you have to ask yourself this. Okay, this may not be sinful. I may not be able to go to chapter and verse and be like, okay, I am not going to do this because this verse. But let's ask ourselves the question, is it hurtful? Is it hurtful to me as a Christian or as a human being? 
Or is it hurtful to others? Because here's what we miss so often in the Christian life. While the rest of the world simply views their life through the lens and the perspective of how something influences them, you and I as Christians do not have that luxury. You and I as Christians are intertwined. You and I as Christians are intended to be marked differently by how we treat each other. Meaning this, that you may have something in your life that the truth be told, it is not sinful. The truth be told, it is not hurtful to you. But you sit down at a table with someone and you say, hey, I was watching this. And all of a sudden they're thinking, oh my goodness, I can never watch that. And here's what we tend to do as Christians. We would rather sit and talk about why I can watch it and why you can't watch it and where there's grace and where there's liberty and all of those things biblically are true. But let me ask you a question. Wouldn't it be better just to step back and say, okay, this maybe is not something that I should be partaking in because it is causing someone else to falter and to fail. Okay? So is it sinful? Is it hurtful? But then the second thing that I want you to ask is this. Is it wasteful is it wasteful someone finish this verse for me okay redeeming the time because the days are evil okay i think that if there's any verse that when we stand before god god's and he says how did you redeem your time in 2020 2021 I don't know that we're going to have a leg to stand on. <clears throat> you understand that the word redeeming, studying it scripturally, studying it culturally, studying it by definition, means to buy back. And he says the days are evil. So what is your response as a Christian? You should be buying back time. You should be trying to get more time into your life. And here's what I see in Christians in the world today. The world is bad. The world is evil. So I'm actually going to give more time up. Man, the news is just so bad. It's just so discouraging. So I'm going to go watch it for two hours. Man, social media is just a disaster. So I'm going to make sure I follow 17,000 people because I need to see what they're doing in there. Man, life is just so hard. So you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm just going to go sit at home and not do anything. No, when life and days are evil and hard, it should be an opportunity for us as Christians to run to that verse and say, no, 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 this isn't an opportunity for me to peel back. It's an opportunity for me to push forward and to try to put more time restraints on myself, to try to make myself more useful, to try to steward my life more. To try to watch over my life more. To try to watch over my finances more. And be a steward of what God has called me to do. Is it wasteful? Here's what I want to remind you of, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. We often refer to this verse in regards to giving, okay? But if you really go back and you, and you look at it, it, giving is not just the only context of the passage, okay? He says that it is required in stewards that a man be found what? faithful. It doesn't even necessarily say that you have to be good at stewarding, which is a relief for all of us, right? That 
$6.95 coffee that you spent and you pulled off and the Holy Spirit said, that was bad stewardship. You're like, you're right, but I really needed the caffeine, God, right? Like, I, I just, I don't think I could get through Bible study tonight. Joel's so poor. Actually, Lauren, when she walked in, she goes, does it smell like Starbucks in here? And I was like, no. Yeah, I wish there was a Starbucks in here. And she's like, like the drink or like a Starbucks? Like a Starbucks, like right there. Like, I wish it was right there, okay? Sometimes we step back and we're like, oh, man, that was poor stewardship. That's not even necessarily what God is saying. God just says be a faithful steward. <laughs> In some ways, I kind of look at it like this. God says, just give it a shot. Like, just try. Just, just maybe just maybe make a, make a chance at it. Like, just give it a run. Just try this stewardship thing out and stick to it until the end. And the same is true with your time. I don't think that God expects you to have this color-coordinated calendar to where you're like, oh, 729, time for me to go and do this. Like, time for me, oh, time for me to drink my water and hydrate. Like, have you, how many of you seen those people that have those, those water bottles that tell you how much? That is like two months' supply of water for me. Like, I have a 32-ounce container that they gave us at work last year for like our, because water fountains were shut off, so we had to drink out of a bottle and probably got some other disease out of the metal bottle that we got, okay? But I had like 32 ounce bottle on my desk. I've been working on drinking that for three days. In fact, today I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I need to drink some of that. And so I took like two drinks. I was like, okay, I'm done. Some of those people that like, I, and I've seen some of these people that have like little reminders, like, and I'm kind of OCD like that. Like I, I can nerd out on a calendar with the best of them, okay? Like they can tell me, I remember for a while, like I got in this habit of when I would come in early and set up uh, the cross point room on Sunday mornings, I would like stop on my way uh, or on my way home and get Lauren and I a Starbucks. And I actually put in my calendar, like I wasn't going to do it, that I was going to stop at Starbucks. And one day I think that she saw the reminder and she's like, did you really need that like in the calendar? And I was like, I don't know, maybe like, maybe I was going to forget that day. And so anyways, that's not even what God's insane. God's saying, just be faithful. God's saying, just give, give it a try. God's saying, just put a little bit of time restraint. God's not even saying, don't play video, video games. He's just saying, maybe don't like become an expert at them. God's, saying, not, God's not saying, don't go and play sports. He's just saying, maybe don't like wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to lift weights and to run and to do all this stuff for sports. And then when it comes to Bible reading, it's like, oh, i got to read through that devotional real quick on my phone or people are going to think I'm not accountable and not, not following God. All he's saying is be faithful with the time that he has given you. So ask yourself this, first of all, is it sinful? If you say, I don't really understand that, I don't know what to do with that, then ask yourself, is it hurtful? But then secondly, is it wasteful? And then the last thing that I want you to get to is this. Ask yourself, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Okay? Now remember, we're talking about recreation. We're talking about fun. Okay? We're talking about something that should be enjoyable. If you have a recreation or a hobby that you dread, then I would encourage you to find another one, all right? But when we talk about recreation, we talk about it in the biblical sense. Here's what I want you to understand. Yes, you can spend the rest of your life vegging out on TV and social media and some of those things, okay? I am of the opinion that I do not believe that social media or the television or that any of those things are innately wrong. I believe that it is all in how we use them for God's honor and for his glory, okay? But here's what I want you to see. 
Can you help me for just a second to look at the word recreation, okay? What does the word actually mean? What's in that word, okay? Take away the shun. Let's go back to your English days, all right? Some of you are like, oh, I just graduated. Ah, yeah, I definitely forgot all that, all right? What's the root word of that? Create. Create, okay? Let's add the prefix now. What word do we get? Are you serious right now? So this will be a little bit easier. Maybe it's the way that I'm asking the question, all right? So our root word is create. We're adding the prefix. What do we get? Recreate. Okay? We're not even going to, I'm not even going to give you the suffix, all right? I'm not even going to give you the end, all right? Recreate, meaning this. When you go and you look up the Webster's definition of recreation, here's the way that it is defined. It is defined as something that replenishes either the body, soul, or mind. So I want you to think for just a second. The Bible says this, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. How many of you, just to be completely honest, by a show of hands, you're in good company, you say, I'm just flat out, stinking, worn out, tired. Anybody like that? All of the teachers are like, I don't even have the power to get my hand up, so just count my vote twice, all right? And sometimes life gets like that, doesn't it? And it's not always. It goes in seasons. Right now, if you raise your hand, you're, some of you are like, it's just because it's raining outside. I'll be fine tomorrow when the sun comes up. Okay, good for you, all right? But sometimes life is just tiring. Sometimes you just don't want to do anything. Can I encourage you with something that just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still in the process of working on it and learning, it, learning more about it? What does the Bible say in John chapter number 14? when Jesus is talking about the abundant life. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. How many of you, you know that there are certain things in your life that just absolutely wear you down and drag you down? You know, do you know what some of those are? Like, you go and check your mail and it's kind of like, oh no, there's a bill. Like, like you never get excited like there's a check. How many of you seen those those mailers that looks like a fake check and that is so cruel like it looks like you like earned something or, or it's like your return is enclosed and then you open it and it's it might as well say like or something or, or I don't know like it, it's so defeating you go and you check your mail and it kind of like drags you maybe it's someone that you hang around like oh this person like I'm gonna need to go take a nap after I'm done talking to them Maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. <laughs> That's bad, all right? Like, if you, and, and by the way, life is work. Like, you can't run away from it, okay? But there are some things that just drain you. Sometimes, isn't it funny that you can actually have classes as a college student, and some of them are more draining than the others? Like, you go in, and it's like, oh, just run my head through the wall right now, right? Like, you have things in your life that drain you. But I guarantee you that if we went to every person in the room and we said, what is it that drains you? You'd be able to spout off like five things. Like this class, your, your teaching, this handout, like that you're gonna, like you'd be able to name like five things really quick, wouldn't you? You'd be able to name what drains you. And while many of you are quick to name what drains you, I guarantee you that many of you would not be able to give me five things that fill you back up. 
and I'm saying that as many of you, I'm also saying me as well. I know what drains me. I know what makes me want to just lay down, okay? I know what makes me feel worked up and stressed and anxious and worried. I know all of those things, okay? In fact, last night, I don't know what happened, but I ended up waking up at like 3 in the morning, and I actually almost emailed you. I did it because I was like, I don't need to email that at like 3 in the morning, okay? But I was like, my brain was going all over the place, and I was thinking a bunch of stuff, and I thought, I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to just like sit up in bed and start typing it out. And I thought, no, you dork, like just lay here and rest. And have you ever, how many of you like you put pressure on yourself to go to sleep? Anybody <laughs> like, like you're like, go to sleep, just go to sleep, go to sleep. Like, and I get like irritated. I'm like, go to sleep. Like, would you do? And so, and then you feel like the little kid at nap time on your, on your nap mat. And you're like, oh, right. Like it shouldn't be that hard to just sleep. But yet our minds are so full that many times we don't even know what brings us life. And so you know what I started doing last night? Was I was laying in bed and I just started thinking like, you know what, I'm going to stop sitting here and thinking about everything that I should be thinking about, should be worrying about. And I'm just going to start thanking God for the blessings in my life. I'm going to start praying for people. I'm going to start asking God to do certain things. And I know some people probably over-spiritualize falling asleep in prayer. I heard someone very wise, much wiser than me and so I'm going to lean with him on this one but he said why do we negate the fact that sometimes we fall asleep when we're talking to the Lord in prayer so the disciples did it and he said what better place to go to sleep than in the arms in the throne room of Jesus Christ and there's many of you that right now if you're honest you say, I'm completely just exhausted. I'm stressed. I'm worn out. I don't know how to handle this. And so what do we do? We turn to some sort of mind-numbing recreation. We aimlessly scroll through our phone. We aimlessly watch TV. We aimlessly do, and I'm not saying there's not a time and place for those things. Here's what I'm saying. Is would to God we would, would take as seriously putting life back into us as what we do being bothered by the things that take life out of us. There's some of you that right now, you just need a good old-fashioned probably nap. I also lean on a wiser person than I who said, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. That is the best advice I've probably ever heard in my life, okay? I want that on my tombstone. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> and now Joel is eternally napping. <laughs> But sometimes you've just got to step back and you just got to say, okay, life's kind of crazy right now. Life's kind of hard right now. And I need something that is going to put life back in, not just suck life out. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I actually, in our questions and our discussions for tonight, I got to, um, I, wanted, I tried to do the question by point, um, but I, I got to number one and I was trying to think like, okay, how do I need to ask a question about recreation? I uh, almost asked the question, list all of the sinful recreations that you can think of. And I thought, that's probably not wise. Like a bunch of young adults like, okay, drugs, like, number two. And like, okay, the, the sinful ones are obvious. So we're going to skip those and we're going to ask ourselves this. Are there any sinful recreations in my life? You don't have to do that in a group setting. But what are some verses that can be applied to sinful recreations? So let's go and let's run the scripture. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. 
is to go and at some point go to the uh, second to last question on number on page number 46. And here's what I want you to do. It says, what are your helpful and or, if you want to put it this way, life-giving recreations that recharge you? And I want you to be specific with this, to do more for God and others. Because here's what the world says. Oh, recreation. Man, recreation is what I go do on Friday night and Saturday so that when I hit the ground running on Monday, I'm ready to pump out the work. Okay, that's great. And there's, I guess we could say there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But what are the things that God has uniquely wired you for that you say, when I do this, it makes me want to do more for God? Honestly, maybe it's something that is, that is like Bible reading. When you say, when I discover something in God's word through this environment or through this setting or through this time or maybe through discussion with a friend, then, man, it just amps me up. I'm ready to go. Braxton's new phrase right now is he's jacked up. Like, he's jacked up about everything. On the way home from school today, I said, you need to give your mom a break. Like, she's tired. She has two other kids. Like, you need to, like, go into the house, be a big six-year-old, be calm. He's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm jacked up. And I'm like, don't be jacked up. Like, don't. Just stop. Like, give me some of your jacked upness or whatever, all right? But what are the things in your life, and I want you to maybe do it in a group setting. Maybe it's going to be good for you to hear that someone enjoys reading their Bible on the Stones River in a purple kayak with a fishing pole hanging out. You're like, yeah, that's one of mine, too. I'm going to write it down, all right? Okay? Maybe that will help you. But spend some time actually making something where you're not just sitting around saying, like, this is what bothers me. This is what stresses me out. This is what worries me. This is what I'm scared of. This is what I'm fearful of. Okay, we've all got a list of that. Like, just, just watch the news. And if you don't have anything, then you'll have something, all right? That list is easy to develop. But actually take some time intentionally to develop something that breathes life back in. Let's pray. And we'll give you some time to talk about that. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.